two different things. God's plan and God's will is not the same thing. God's not willing that any will perish. It's not God's will for anybody. The Bible says God has no pleasure in the death of the wicked. It's not God's will for anybody to perish. But how many know people are perishing every day? God's plan is that we see the kingdom built. That's God's plan. God has a plan for your life that he set before you ever got saved. You say, well, pastor, isn't that plan going to happen before I got saved or not? Nope, not at all. You have to get saved for the plan of God for your life to happen. And then when you get saved, you have to give your all to him. You say, well, pastor, haven't I given my all? We give our all when no matter what happens, it doesn't distract us. It doesn't deter us. It doesn't dissuade us. That was God dotting the exclamation point. Welcome to the Destined to Win podcast with pastor and teacher Tim Masters. Pastor Tim is the senior pastor of Victorious Life Christian Center in Flagstaff, Arizona. I'm Joe Harding, inviting you to join us for worship services Sunday mornings at 10 at 2615 East 7th Avenue across from Cal Ranch. For more information on the ministries of Victorious Life Christian Center or to make a donation, visit us online at vlccaz.org. That's V-L-C-C-A-Z dot org. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Tim Masters. You know, I was praying, and we've, over the last few weeks, we have um, been talking about the fact that we are destined to win. Well, today I want to take a little, a little side road In light of, of that fact, that we are more than conquerors, that we are destined to win, I want to take you into the past, the present, and the future of this wonderful ministry called Victorious Life. If you've been here for any length of time, you've heard me give the reason for the name Victorious Life. God gave it to me. It wasn't a name I just picked out of the sky. I was in prayer one time in, a, in the, the church in California, and we had a different name on the church, and it wasn't a, 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 a profound name. It wasn't anything, you know, of, of some denomination. We've always been an uh, independent church, uh, not because I want to be an independent church. I'm just saying, God, who do we attach to? Do we attach to anyone? And God began to deal with me in in. Romans chapter 8, verse 37, the passage says, We are more than conquerors through Christ who loved us and gave himself for us. And then he began to break it down. And for sake of time, I won't go into it. But that is where the word or the name victorious life came from. Because that is the life that God has called us to live. He wants his church. He said, I have given you life and that more abundant. I can promise you if I was to go through this room, I would find people that are not living an abundant life. I can find others not living a victorious life. And it's not because God doesn't want. It's because a lot of times we don't see or the enemy blinds. You say, well, pastor, are they not one and the same? Not at all. The enemy tries to blind everybody. But if you are a child of God and you are not ignorant of his devices, you can see past that blindness, but still be thwarted from the victory that God wants you to live. I don't know about you folks, but I have a past. Anybody here have a past? And getting past your past is the hardest past you'll ever get past. It's hard because the devil loves to throw it up in front of you. And this is something the Lord taught me a long time ago. 
When the devil reminds you of your past, just start reminding him of his future. But more than that, when the devil reminds you of your past, just agree with him. Yes, that's what I was. But then speak to him and say, but that's not what I am. And by God's grace, that's not what I'm going to be. I may not be all that I'm supposed to be today, but thank God I'm a lot more than I was yesterday. But devil, look out. Because there's a new day dawning, can somebody say amen? I'm not what I'm going to be, but thank God I'm not what I used to be. So one of the reasons the devil's able to keep us defeated is because it keeps dangling that past out there. And God said, step past that past. Step past that past. God has a glorious future. I'm so excited at Victorious Life. If you have your notes in front of you, I'm going to take you through this very quickly, very succinctly. We're going to have some slides on the screen that's going to help. But you see this, this, this road here? I want you to realize that that's where our road begins. I don't care how glorious your today is, how devastating your yesterday was. None of that matters. What matters is what God's taken you into. You say, well, I can't see. God can. And you know what? God has already been in your future. In, in Isaiah 46, he said, I made your future before I ever made your beginning. And so God said, all you got to do is step out and walk in it. That's what it tells us over in the book of Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. He said, walk. He said, God has prepared your path beforehand. Just get out and walk in it. Well, Pastor, how am I going to walk in it? By the same grace you got saved in. It's by grace you're saved through faith. God gave you the grace to get saved. He'll give you the faith to stay saved. And he'll give you the confidence to walk into the future he has planned for you. Don't put the scripture up yet. I'm not there yet. Just put the picture back up. There you go. Victorious life. We have hope. We have a promise. And we have a future. The hope is Christ. It's not Pastor Tim. Now, I know you all are so gracious, and you think I'm all that in a bag of chips. I still got bags of chips left. But I'm not your hope. Jesus is your hope. Can somebody say amen? But our promise takes that hope to the next level. And you know what the hope, the promise is? Jesus said, remember our hope? Jesus said, I defeated your past. That's your promise. Oh, man, I think only two people. Hensley, I'm going to be preaching to you today. You say, Pastor, do you like it when Hensley speaks out? I wish all y'all would speak out. Saying amen to a preacher is like saying sick him to a dog. Matter of fact, the, the quicker you want to get out, the more amens you need to say. Mindy, Frank, we're going to have church. Our hope is Jesus. Our promise is he's taken care of the past. Oh, yeah, and he took care of the devil, too. He's already been defeated. But our future is we got to get out and start walking. We got to get out and start walking. He said, well, pastor, that's a, that's, a, that's a long road. Not if you're walking with Jesus. It's just a moment. Just a moment. You might be like Enoch, and you're walking down the road with Jesus. And all of a sudden, Jesus looks at Enoch and said, you know, you're closer to my house than you are to yours. Why don't you come spend the day with me? And Enoch looks at the Lord and says, yeah, you mean it? Yeah. And he said, you know what? 
it's going to be a long day because there ain't no night in heaven. So why don't you spend eternity with me? That's your future. And you can walk in your future today. I'm excited about what God has done and yet what God is going to do at and through Victorious Life. Why? Because it's not a building. It's not a facility. It's a ministry and ministers. And they're all about the purpose of God's plan directly attached to individual lives. And those individual lives are men and women who have made a commitment first to God. In prayer this morning as I was praying, God, he, God took me over to the church of Philippi, Macedonia. No, he didn't translate me there. I didn't go there in the spirit. But in my remembrance of God's word, and he said, do you remember the victory? Why I commended Philippi or uh, uh, yeah, Macedonia, uh, Philippians, uh, Philippi, Macedonia, the church of Philippi, almost more than any other church. And then he took me into that passage and he said, because they gave themselves first. Before they gave anything, they gave themselves. And that is what has happened in the birthing of victorious life. Day in and day out, men and women give themselves to make this ministry all that it could ever possibly be. We have seen many dreams come true in this church already, and we got many more to realize. Can you say amen this morning? So for a few minutes, I want to talk about where we've been. I want to talk about where we're at. I want to talk about where we're going. First and foremost, I have to address the question. Have we arrived to the place that we're going to be? Not at all. Not at all. We have gotten to the place. You see, the answer is very simple. Each of y'all, well, because there's more than just y'all, each of all y'all, who have answered the call of the Lord, answered the call of the Lord by giving themselves first is what has gotten Victorious Life to the place she is. I want to take you into God's Word, and I want to take you to a very interesting passage of Scripture. I didn't know that Heather was going to talk about it this morning, but I did understand that we are going that direction. It's in 2 Kings. It's on the screen. Now, let me lay the groundwork behind this. Jehu is coming upon Jehonadab. Jehonadab is a, is a mighty man of God. But Jehu has just come from great victory, great overcoming. And he came out of the battle of Jezebel and Ahab. I encourage you to go read 2 Kings, and you can start in the ninth verse, and go back to the first chapter and go through to the end. Jehu is listening to God, and God at the direction of Elijah, not God being directed, but Elijah being directed by God, stood on Mount Carmel, and God decimated the prophets of the grove, and the prophets of Jezebel. He brought fire down from heaven and cleaned house. How many know when God shows up, house gets cleaned really quick? So he cleaned house and he brought fire down from heaven because Elijah's sitting there saying, you know, why don't you guys call on your God and let's, let's let the God that answers by fire be God. I'm going to make a long story very short. They cried out. They called out. Nothing was happening. And all, the way, all of a sudden, Elijah kind of looking around saying, I know who God is, and I know you ain't. And so he starts mocking them. Maybe your God's asleep. Maybe he took a vacation. He'll be back. Maybe he can't hear you. Scream louder. 
And they were all done. They were cutting themselves. They were bleeding. They were doing all kinds of things that, that, that people that are desperate for something to happen do. And then Elijah said, are you all done? Sit back. You might sit way back because God's going to show up. And the Bible says he called upon God. And they had built this altar out of rock, stone, unhewn stone. You know why God uses unhewn stone? Because all of us are different. And he wants to know that none of us are made by the hands of man. He said, I'm going to make you fit together because it's my hands that are building the altar. He said, that altar, I want you to douse it with water. Now, understand they've been in a seven-year drought, so water is kind of precious. So he said, I want you to douse it with water as much as you possibly can. And then he said, God, these people, they don't know you like I know you. So why don't you show them what you and me got? And all of a sudden, fire came down from heaven. Listen to this. It lapped up every drink of water. It lapped up every piece of the offering. And you know what the Bible says? It lapped up every stone of the altar. You see, when God shows up, he cleans house. You might have stuff happening in your life. All you got to do is get God to show up. Pastor, how do I do that? Hallelujah. 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 You already feel better, don't you? So here's the story. God has done all of that. And now Elijah's a little irritated because God kills all the prophets of the Baal, or God through his servants killed all the prophets of Baal, the prophets of the grove. You know, we think there's 400 prophets. There's, there's about 800 and something all together. And God just cleaned house. But then Jezebel stands up and says, you know, as you have done to them, I'm going to do to you. And you know, the mighty man of God, he stood up, tucked his tail between his legs and ran. <laughs> Sometimes in our lives, our past can try to whoop up on us in our present. But Elijah went and hid in what they call the caves of solitude. I'm laying all this foundation because it takes me right into where we've been, where we are, where we're going. And in that cave of solitude, the Bible says God came. There was a great earthquake. God wasn't in the earthquake. There was a great fire. God wasn't in the fire. And then there was a still, small voice. And you know the still, small voice said? Be still and know that I'm God. Let me take that into the Hebrew. Let it go, let it go. Can't hold me back anymore. Let it go, let it go. Turn away and slam the door. Okay. That's all. No, my hair is not going to go flowing any moment now. Then Jehu comes on the scene. Jehu is one of uh, Elijah's dudes. And Jehu goes through town at the direction of God and said, go find Ahab. Or not Ahab, go find Ahab's family because Elijah already took care of Ahab. Go find Ahab's family and get rid of all of them. 
And then go take care of Jesse, baby. So before you come into 2 Kings 10, Jehu had already done that. He had got rid of all of everything of Ahab's family. You may have things in your life that are kind of just sitting back and they're not against you, but they're not for you and they always make you question you. That's, that's, that belongs to that, that household of Ahab. Not sure where I should step forward or step backward. God said, no, you got a past. you got a present. i got a great future, but you got to step into it. So he got rid of all of them, and then he came to the house of Jezebel, Ahab's wife. And he came there, come, came there. I bet you all couldn't understand that in my high school and college days, English I didn't do very well in. I did pretty good in other stuff, but English didn't quite do it. Some of you missed a great place to say amen. So he comes to this tower that Jezebel is abiding in, and they all hear the story. And Jezebel starts mocking the man of God. And all of a sudden, Jehu looks up to them, and some of Jezebel's servants were around him, around her, and said, are you with me? Throw her off. And Jezebel thought she had it all together. Can I tell you something? The devil thinks he has the power in your life, but he has no power in your life. The power you have in Christ Jesus is over all the power of the enemy, and nothing by any means can harm you. The Bible says Jezebel's servants threw her off. And then Jehu went inside and ate lunch. And he told the servants to go outside and deal with Jezebel. Well, when they went outside, there was nothing left of Jezebel but her hands, her feet, and her skull. Why? (coughs) Elijah, the prophet of God, through the word of God, said that the dogs would eat Jezebel. Can I tell you the dogs represent all the problems and all the situations and all the ugliness of this world? God says, don't worry. I'll use all that stuff to eat up all that stuff and to set you free. And so Jehu, we pick up in 2 Kings 10. He came upon Jehonadab. Jehonadab was running into the battle. And he was on his way to meet Jehu. And Jehu's just walking along like a man of God would walk along. Is that how a man of God walks, Anthony? Maybe a little more sachet. I'm not sure how a man of God walks, but I've had people come up to me and, and I'd introduce myself as Pastor Tim. You don't look like a pastor. What's a pastor supposed to look like? And he's on his way, and Jehu greets him and says, now listen, Jehonadab is going to find Jehu. And look what Jehu says. It ain't about sides, folks. Jehu said, are you with me as I'm with you? I am, Jehonadab answered. And if so, said Jehu, Give me your hand. Come and see my zeal for God. Ladies and gentlemen, when God birthed victorious life in the heart of my wife and I, eight years ago in this city, he birthed in us a passion, a purpose that we have never stopped pursuing. And that very simply is this very first screen that you'll see. Go ahead, guys. Put it up there. And that's to serve the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. There's only one reason we do what we do. We're serving God. And serving God is where the birth of the vision of this church comes from, if you'd put that up. Serving the Father simply means our purpose is His purpose, to save souls. Jesus came into the world to seek and to save 
that was lost, which comes into the second point. Once we get people saved, then we start equipping them, helping them to understand how the enemy works, helping them to understand how their life is meant to be. And in doing that, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we're able to build God's kingdom, which is not a building. God's building is every one of you in these seats. And that's what we're trying to do is pour our lives into your lives that your lives can be poured into other lives. So very quickly, on the screen and in your notes, listen to this. The future of Victorious Life began in her past. And there's a very simple statement that I've made for years. What's worth having is worth working for, and what's worth having is worth reaching for. The sad reality about people, and I want you to hear this, please is that people do what people do and there's nothing you can do about what people do. I can't tell you how many churches we have filled in, Victor- in, in Flagstaff from the people who have been part of Victorious Life at one time or another. But what happens to build this work? People who are called by God respond to God and yield to God. Eight years ago, this ministry is birthed. VLCC has grown due to the planning, preparation, and purpose of the ministries that we see in operation today. Yes, every piece of it is God, yet it is men and women of God who gave themselves to God for the plan that God had enabled in their lives to fulfill. You didn't just walk in and all of a sudden, hey, I'm God's man of faith and power for the hour. Nope, doesn't work that way. You're a man, you're a woman, just like my wife and I, that said, God, here am I, use me. Here am I, use me. And then you say, well, pastor, that's what I do. And then God takes the next little while or long while to make you usable. See, that's the tough part. Is we look in the mirror and I think, I'm pretty usable. Yeah, God says, yeah, but what about this part? Oh, oh, okay, God, I didn't see that part. Oh, yeah, how about this? Oh, <laughs> okay, God. See, God's pruning. And all of a sudden, I get, oh. <laughs> he's got to dig that bunion out of my foot. See, we call it a bunion, but God called it sin that you won't let go of. Maybe that's what causes that little look. A little walk. I don't know. But God starts making us usable. And that's what God begins to build. And that's how God begins to work. You see, God's plan and will does not happen accidentally. It happens by those who have given themselves to God. And that is at VLCC. That's at anything in your life that you purpose to do. And what do we want to do here at Victorious Life? What is the future that God has for Victorious Life? We are where we are because of men and women like Savannah, like Tandy, like Sean, like Pastor Ray, like, like uh, Catherine and Jen, the leaders of different ministries. Please don't get offended if I don't call your name. But it's men and women that have given themselves to the plan and purpose of God. Listen to me. Who we are. We are a church that emphasizes on Christian growth. This is the key that makes our church unique. I'm not interested in you just showing up on Sunday morning. I'm not interested in you just showing up on Wednesday night. I'm interested in you showing up and growing up. That's why I preach the way I preach. I preach a very clear, very understandable, very unadulterated gospel. You say, well, Pastor, isn't everybody supposed to preach that? Yep, it doesn't happen. Why? Because when you start challenging people, they don't always grow. They sometimes go. And God's word challenges us. Am I making sense at all? Planning, commitment, 
Preparation does not guarantee success. Why? Because obstacles are there and change happens. People come and go for various reasons. So continually, the ministry has to be developed. But if it is, God's plan and will will be done. Two different things. God's plan and God's will is not the same thing. Let me just quickly. God's not willing that any will perish. It's not God's will for anybody. The Bible says God has no pleasure in the death of the wicked. It's not God's will for anybody to perish. But how many know people are perishing every day? God's plan is that we see the kingdom built. That's God's plan. God has a plan for your life that he set before you ever got saved. You say, well, pastor, isn't that plan going to happen before I got saved or not? Nope, not at all. You have to get saved for the plan of God for your life to happen. And then when you get saved, you have to give your all to him. You say, well, pastor, haven't I given my all? We give our all when no matter what happens, it doesn't distract us. It doesn't deter us. It doesn't dissuade us. That was God dotting the exclamation point. Pastor, how do I know when stuff doesn't get under your skin? Folks, the devil's good with stuff. He knows exactly how to use stuff. And he can make that stuff stink so bad that you want to run. Instead of let God clean house, you want to run. I got two come-ons in that. And you know what happens? Now, folks, I'm a country boy. I have mucked a lot of stables. Mucked? What is muck? Exactly what it sounds like. You taking a shovel and you're scooping stuff. And there's sometimes that God comes around and he says, Scott, this is going to be a little bothersome. But I got a bunch of stuff in your life. I got a shovel out. And all of a sudden, Scott's going, but God, that's, that's affecting me. That's the plan. And he starts shoveling. And all of a sudden, Scott says, that smells. He said, yeah, God, God says, yes, sin does smell. It kind of stinks. But he starts shoveling. Now, all of a sudden, Scott has to decide whether I'm going to stay and let God shovel or I'm just going to be okay with what I am and leave it. And you know what? God will let you do whatever you want to. Stay or go. But God's dealing with stuff. Say, Pastor, when does he stop dealing with stuff? When you're buried. You just want to make sure you're buried in him and not in the stuff. That was worth the whole morning right there. Why do we want God to do this? Because the emphasis we have is we have to grow. It's the only way to get where we're going in life is you've got to grow. If you're going to be ministering to others, you've got to allow God and people to minister to you. This motivates ministers and ministries to develop when they see lives being changed. Am I making any sense this morning? So the future of victorious life is in the past. God's shoveling stuff. God's cleaning house. God's saying, okay, I got some fire coming down. You got your fire suit on? Because I'm going to lap up all the other stuff. So the second thing real quick is where we are right now is all about your commitment and mine. If I'm committed to me 
I'm probably out of here. But if I'm committed to thee, I'm good right where I am. Because I know God's got a plan. But we have this problem. Me and thee. Me and thee. And me and thee don't always agree. Because thee says, it's going to cost me to be with thee. Because God said, I can't, I can't have sin in my presence. So I got to work this stuff out. Every ministry that we've began in this church doesn't exist today. Some of them do. Some of them don't. Everyone isn't in operation anymore. Nor has every ministry this church done been successful. But what has, has been simply to the dedication of the men and women that say, okay, God, I'm good with mucking the stuff. And I'm good with the devil showing up. Not a problem. Because you're with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The staff keeps pulling me back towards him, and the rod keeps knocking me into some common sense. Okay, I'm just leaving that for you to think about. Being successful in the call of God, we have to understand success or failure are never the problem. It's only when we accept failure as final that we really fail. All that God is doing in this church, all that God is doing in this kingdom that he is building, which is your lives, not victorious life, but your lives will cost more the closer we get to God. It'll become harder, but that's why we exist. That's why you have pastors like my wife and I, like, like Pastor Ray and Pastor Bev. That's why you got pastors like us. That's why you have leaders that come alongside of you in the church and say, yep, I'm going through some bad stuff. Yep. Yeah, but this is bad stuff. Yep. Is it all you can say is yep? Yep. Can you say something else? Said, yeah, what's for lunch? That's what Elijah did. Or Jehu did after throwing uh, Jezebel down. What's for lunch? In other words, it's normal. The closer you get to God, the more difficult it's going to be. Now, I know that's not popular preaching, folks, but it's the only way you're going to get through this life is to know the truth because it's truth that sets you free. Can I hear you say amen? That's why in this church, leadership is paramount. That's why I want to develop leaders who can develop people. Thirdly and lastly, I want to, just real quick, we had a lot happening today, so are you all okay that I keep you for a few more minutes? I'm not going to ask you for five more minutes because everybody's going to raise their hand, and I'm going to go 5, 10, 15, 20. Y'all ever seen that before? But how many will give me five minutes? 5, 10, 15, 20. Okay, yeah. They, Pastor Ray, they've seen it before, and they, yeah, it still works, yeah. As we prepare, if you're out watching this on Facebook and YouTube, you'll get the joke later. Okay. As we prepare to enter the future of victorious life, I believe we need to look at where we've been, where we are, and what God's plan for where we're going. One of the things that God did this year, or last year, is he took us out of the school building, which we were very limited in. You could do a lot of things at the school building, but you had to work under the school schedule, which sometimes was difficult. So God gave us our own building, okay? And so in doing that, in doing that, we, we, we lost some room, but we gained some things. But what I want to do is I want to show you the importance of what we are. And I want you to think about what does a balanced church look like? Don't put the second screen, just the first one. What does a balanced church look like? We think we come to church and we're like that. We're just worshiping and, and everything is wonderful. Hallelujah, kumbaya, praise the Lord, hallelujah. Encouragement. 
I don't like that challenge stuff, preacher, but I like that encouragement stuff. Tell me how awesome I am. Well, I do tell you how awesome you are, but I also tell you the stuff. The stuff. So you want to see what a balanced church looks like? Let me show you. This is Victorious Life. Save souls. We have a track rack out there, and we encourage you. Take tracks. Well, Pastor, I'm not good at evangelism. This is called silent evangelism. Leave one on the back of your toilet when you're out in a restaurant. The one at home ain't going to do very much good. When you're out and about. I mean, it could. You, you might have somebody in the house not saved, and it might be good. But you take the tracks with you. When you're eating lunch, when you go out someplace, not like Jehu did, but like other, you know, you go out someplace, you eat lunch. You take your real nice tip and you put it in the track. Now, if you eat a $100 meal, don't leave a buck and think that's a nice tip. Okay? Leave a nice tip. Well, pastor, what if somebody catches me? Folks, the number they're going to call is the number that reaches me. And I'm okay answering the phone. So put a track on the table. Do different things like that. Prayer. We have prayer at this church all the time. If you want to be a part of intercessory, talk to Catherine. Wave your hand there, Catherine. Go see Catherine over there. Equipping the saints. Folks, we got as much learning classes as you possibly want. And there's classes that we want to start. We just don't have the teachers to do them. In our children's ministry, in the different things like that, we have men and women, men and women, to give themselves that our children can grow. But our children's ministry needs those men and women to say, hey, I'm not going to make it about me anymore. I'm going to make it about him. And because I'm making it about him, through me, my life's going to be helping to transfer them. Transform them. How many think that's a pretty cool thing? So in that, we're building the kingdom. Relationships, partnerships. And because we're doing that, we can do the other side. We can do outreach. Do you know that we are on, how many did that count, honey? Seven? Six? Seven radio stations We got another radio station that calls us almost daily because they hear our radio program. And uh, this guy, you know, whether he's blowing wind up my skirt or not. (laughs) Never mind. (laughs) He said, (laughs) okay, I'm leaving the platform now. I just... I, I, okay. okay, we'll just move on. He said, I'm not hearing lots of preaching like you're preaching. We'd like you to come on our stations, which are nationwide. Now you say, well, pastor, that's pretty cool. I said, yeah, but it's going to cost a little bit if we do that. So I don't know. I haven't talked the particulars. But we do radio. We do special events, concerts, all kinds. We have native camp meetings here on the, the reservation. We've got one that we're, that we're setting up that's going to happen this month out in uh, Kikis Movie. Is that right? Kikis Movie. And we're going to go out there. We're going to believe God to take our entire worship team. And any of y'all that want to come along, I mean, it's just, okay, and, we, you know, I, I've had people, well, Pastor, you know, I'm, I'm leaving the church because, you know, we don't do anything. We don't do anything for the local the homeless and this and that. Folks, we just went up to Payson, and we got, we just got 650 sleeping bags. You know why? Every year we give thousands of sleeping bags away to the homeless who don't have someplace to stay. We feed the homeless. We're partners with Berg's Barbecue, and we give them money every month. And then sometimes we go down and serve. I had somebody tell me, Pastor, well, we're not feeding the homeless. I said, here's the address. When do you want to start? Yeah. 
You know what it really means in the church, folks? When somebody comes up to me and says, we're not doing this, you know what it really means? Pastor, you're not doing this. Well, follow me around and let me put it in my schedule, okay? And let's just make it work. I mean, it's not like I work, you know, you know I, folks, we all know I work two hours a week, okay? <laughs> Sleeping bags, socks, and scarves. We have people in this church that actually make scarves, and, and we give hundreds of sets of these things. Folks, to the, to the homeless, product donations, Berg's Barbecue, Uganda, Kenya, Mexico. I just got off the phone, uh, not the phone, but email the other day. I've got a dear friend that has, I don't know, he's got a whole bunch of churches down in Mexico. And he said, Pastor Tim, I'm just waiting for you to tell me when you can come. I've got a pastor in Brazil. Have you ever been to the Amazon? The last time I preached there, I preached to 2,000 pastors. And Pastor Juan, it's not, excuse me, it's not, it's not Juan, it's Jean. That's how they pronounce it in, in Brazilian. Juan would be Spanish, and, and Portuguese is kind of Spanish. And help me out here, Ivan. Where are you at? You know, it's, yeah. Anyway, and so. So you know, we got all kinds of different things. We have one of the one of the most in, important ministries that we're a part of is called CMA. Stands for Christian Motorcyclist Association. <laughs> Literally, millions of dollars is invested directly into the nations of the world, the homeless, those that nobody else wants to go see, and we have the privilege to be a part of that. You want to see what a balanced church looks like? That's victorious life. God told me a few years ago, which is why we started hitting the radio hard and heavy. He said, son, the people aren't coming to the building anymore. Oh, they are. If the, they, and, and don't get me wrong. Please don't get me wrong. There's a lot of good churches doing lots of good things. But, folks, I am trying to populate heaven, not populate pews. I want to grow people. I want to see God change people. And people don't change if people don't grow. And the sad reality, the moment you challenge people to grow, sometimes they go. Because when God starts shoveling the stuff, when he starts mucking the barn of your life, it don't feel good. Say, Pastor, when's it stop? I don't know, I've been pastoring almost 35 years and he's still mucking my barn. To do all that we're doing takes men, materials, money, methods. Men and women that God has called materials that God has designed, money that God has designated. Do you know God will bring people into this church for only one reason, and that is to bring money into this church? You know why? Because they gave themselves to God already. And they said, God, we're just going to be a channel for you to flow money through. And you may be sitting in here, and you've been giving, but God said it's time to turn the giving up. It's time to turn it up. Give beyond your ability. You know why? When we start shoveling up to heaven, the Bible says God opens the windows of heaven and he starts shoveling back. And how many know God's got a bigger shovel? It's time to start giving like you've never given before. Our ministries, our children's ministry, desperately leaves men and women, not just women, guys, listen to me, but men that God has said, you have a call to minister to the little ones. Our ministry needs that. 
Every minute, when I talk to every pastor in town, they say, you know where we struggle the biggest? Children and nursery. Because people have this concept, well, I'm just taking care of kids, and I can take care of my own kids. You're not taking care of kids. You're transforming children's lives. Our nursery. Our nursery, yes. Our nursery. You're not in there babysitting. Oh, I know that the, the, the grandmas and, the, you know, you love to rock. But you know what you're doing? You're praying over those little things. You're speaking God's word into them. You're doing, oh, folks, we're transforming life. We're building God's kingdom. Let me share this as the worship team comes. Anything that we are willing to believe God would have us to do as we make decisions to give ourselves to the ministry of this church is what the future of Victorious Life is all about. In Mark chapter 10, the Bible says, all things are possible to those that believe. In Philippians chapter 4, it says, we can do all things through Christ. In Ephesians chapter 3, it says, Now glory be to God, who by his mighty power at work within us is able to do exceeding abundantly above anything we can ask or think. God has a plan for your life. God has a plan for your life. Are you walking in it? Are you walking in it? Say, well, pastor, how can I know if I'm walking in it? If you are walking a life of overcoming victory. Notice I use the word overcoming because you will deal with stuff. Sometimes you'll step through it. Sometimes you'll step over it. But you will never be bogged down in it. That shows you that you have given yourself first to the Lord. Because if not, stepping over it, stepping through it, bogging down in it, I'm done. And you just walk away. Folks, stuff happens. Stuff happens. And God wants to shovel that stuff. Are you okay? God wants to shovel that stuff. Maybe you're here. And I've talked about a lot of things about Victorious Life. And you say, well, Pastor, you haven't really talked about Saving grace and salvation. Oh, yeah. That's the only reason that we can do anything. But maybe you don't know Jesus. Maybe you're not saved. Maybe you're not born again. You can't even have God begin to transform your life until you give your life to Him. So this morning, I encourage you, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I'm going to be standing here at the altar for a few moments. I'm going to ask Pastor Ray if he would stand up here. And, and, and Pastor Beverly, and if you don't know Jesus, I want you to come up. And I want you to come talk to one of us. And I want you to, to say, you know what? I need Jesus. Maybe you find yourself getting bogged down in the muck and the mire. Let me make a statement. The reason we get bogged down in it is more times than not, it becomes about us instead of about him. And that's when we get stuck in this stuff. The Bible says who the Son sets free is free indeed. And if we step into Him, guess what we're stepping out of? The stuff. If you don't know Jesus, I want you to come down here. Pastor Ray, Pastor Bev, meet you. Maybe you're here and you say, Pastor, God has been dealing with me to get involved in ministry. God has been dealing with me to get involved with whatever it is, children's ministry, youth ministry, uh, adult ministry, uh, nursery, whatever it is. And you say, Pastor, I've just been kind of dragging my feet. But today, I think I'm ready to step in. I'm stepping in. If that's you, I want you to come see. You can see Pastor Ray and Bev. You can come see one of the children's ministry leaders. If you would, uh, uh, Jen, why don't you stand up for the youth ministry? 
Uh, Catherine, why don't you stand up for the intercessory uh, ministry? I know Tandy's not in here. Dylan, Dylan's up here, okay. Uh, for the children's ministry and nursery ministry. See Savannah uh, back here. Uh, what am I missing? The usher ministry. Where are Sean, are you in here? Okay, Sean's out front. Uh, you can see Sean. Uh, Sean, come, get, stand up here. Come up here. Why don't you ministry leaders come up here, would you? Cl the cleaning ministry. Is, are you in charge of that? Okay. And, and hospitality. Folks, we need people that are ready to step out of themselves and to step in to God. He said, well, Pastor, can't I just be saved and go to heaven and do nothing? Well, you know, yeah, the truth is, yeah. You'll have no reward. You'll have no victory. You'll no, have none of the things that God, but you, you could possibly make heaven. You say, well, Pastor, why possibly? Because generally the one that's not getting involved, this is one of those growing statements. Are you Okay. Okay, lock your feet down so you don't jump up. Usually when you don't get involved, it's more about you than it is him. See how that just kind of just, just kind of. You say, well, pastor, how can you say that? Because the Bible says it from Genesis to Revelation. That's why when they were building the temple, God said specifically to Moses, he said, bring those that are of a willing heart. What's that mean? It's not about me. God, it's all you. Everything I am, everything I have is yours. This woman here runs our hospitality ministry and our cleaning ministry. All those nice cupcakes and coffee and all that kind of stuff, this chick here is. <laughs> she has a great team, but she needs to build that team. Why don't some of y'all come over here? Sean's feeling a little lonely. These, these guys, yeah, a couple of you over. Yeah, there you go. Oh, thank you, thank you. Savannah, come over here, come over here. There you go. This guy here heads our usher ministry and greeters. Maybe all you want to do is stand at the door and smile and hand out a bulletin and say, welcome to Victorious Life. You'd make an awesome greeter. Come see Sean. You mean that's all I have to do? Yeah. Maybe, maybe you say, well, Pastor, I can, I can do a little bit more than that. And it's not that one's lesser or one's more, but the ushers will take it to the next level. When you learn how to ush. <laughs> what do you mean? You ever watched, you ever watched, you ever watched uh, dog sled teams? Now, I'm not confirmed to anybody as a dog, okay? Listen to me. But every once in a while, those, you got those, those sled teams have to be mushed around. They have to be directed. Well, that's what ushers do. We direct them to this place and that place, and we walk them here, and we walk them there. We do the offerings. We do the, the uh, communion. We do different things like that. We don't mush. We ush. Does that work okay, Pam? Okay. So, you know, folks, it's not, it doesn't take that much. The nursery. This little girl, I didn't say chick. I'm trying to change my vernacular. And I know some of y'all politically correct. This young lady, she does an incredible job with the littlest. But she needs men and women. Men, yes. That'll say, yeah, I love babies. I love kids that'll come and serve. You say, well, how often do I have to be in there? It depends on how many serve. The more people, 
the less time you have to, that you're in there. Have to. The privilege. Okay, but listen to me. Getting in there and helping, it'll change your life more than somebody else's. Intercessory, like I said, this is not a team. This isn't for the faint of heart. You go into intercessory prayer, the enemy will bother you. He will. Because he knows the reason you're in that ministry is to bother him. So if you feel God's calling you to that, he very well. You say, well, how do I know? You're woke up in the middle of the night to pray. You get up in the day or walk through the day and you just can't get people off your mind. You may be called to intercessory prayer. You go over here to the, to the uh, 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 Vince and, and Beth. They run the, the financial peace ministry. Also the guest services ministry. They will help you with your finances. But they may have to get into your finances to help you. Well, what do you mean get into us? They might tell you, no, that's not smart. Don't do that. Well, who do you think you are? You're somebody trying to help. They just bring forth God's word. Incredible ministry. The guest services. Every Sunday, every Wednesday, it's usually these guys. Virtually never is it somebody else. Every once in a while, somebody stands in for them. They need some people on that team. So they don't have to be there every Sunday and Wednesday. This little girl runs the youth. Her and her husband and her son. How come you didn't get up here, Skylar? What do you do? What do you say? Oh. Her husband works a job that takes him on the road from 7 at night to 7 in the morning. He can virtually not be there. But uh, Jenny and her son, Skylar, wave back there, Skylar. They are taken care of. You might say, I, I've got a desire for these young people. Call her. You say, well, Pastor, what's her number? Right here is her number. Come see her. Come see Skylar. The worship. This little girl standing in the middle. I'm sorry, this young lady. And that elder gentleman. <laughs> on the first piano over there. They would love to audition you. You mean I have to audition? Yes, folks. If you're going to be on the worship team, you got to be able to sing. you got to be able to play an instrument. You can't just look pretty. And don't be offended if they tell you, we love your singing. But you have to sing in the congregation, not up here. Don't get offended. It's okay. And so, you know, you got that. Back here in the back. See my wifey back there? She's, she's taking over the media ministry for right now to retrain everything, to get everything put together. All of this ministry runs under this elder gentleman up here. <laughs> The one that was looking around to see which elder gentleman I was talking about. But whether it's the media ministry, the sound ministry, Corey, Co Cody, I said Corey, Cody, where he's sitting. Folks, all of this takes work. It takes effort. It takes dedication. It takes commitment. And we need you to get involved. So before you leave this building today, you say, well, what about Pastor Ray and Pastor Bev? They just do everything. So if you say, hey, I've got an extra shovel. Let's go mucking. They'll say, sure, let's go. Hmm. What am I saying? The future of victorious life sits in your chair. The future of victorious life. Ladies and gentlemen, as, as much as I'd love to stand up here and say it has to do with me. Folks, I'm the least important person in this church. And I don't say that of anything other than reality. 
all of us, all of us together is what makes the difference. Before you leave this building today, before you, can all y'all stay up here? Y'all don't have to go out? Okay. For, 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 for you folks that don't understand Vic, uh, Southern Vernacular, all y'all encompasses everybody. Y'all encompasses one or more. So I want all y'all to come up and see these folks before you leave this room. If you don't know Jesus, you can see any of them. They can, they can introduce you to the Lord. See Pastor Ray and Beth. Okay. Any of these ministries, come see us and be part of the future of Victorious Life. Remember that balanced, that balanced church? Yeah, come on. Can you put that balanced church slide back up there, Chris? Can you put it back up there? It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. There it is. The reason that we can do all of that is because of all y'all. Everything we do takes money, and y'all give. The way the enemy stops what we're doing is he stops you from giving. Do you know if, the, if everybody in this church would just tithe, would just tithe, we'd not have a financial problem? Well, Pastor, I give. 10% is tithe. Give is beyond that. If we would all just do our part, I could call that other radio station, and we could be nationwide. I could call more radio stations in town because the gospel isn't going to happen in the building. It has to get out. If you're at Facebook, if you're on YouTube, and God's putting on your heart right now to invest in a good ministry, in a balanced ministry, Victorious Life would be that ministry. Oh, I'm not, I'm not trying to, oh, give, 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 give. I'm not going to tell you, well, if you plant a good seed, God will do this. I will tell you, if you are led of God to enter best in this ministry, God will do what His Word promised. That's all I'll say. Pastor Tim Masters with this week's message on the Destined to Win podcast. Destined to Win is made possible with the prayerful and financial support of those destined to win. To donate online, visit vlccaz.org. That's vlccaz.org. Destined to Win is a production of Victorious Life Christian Center with services Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 630. Join us at 2615 East 7th Avenue, across from Cal Ranch. I'm Joe Harding. From Pastor Tim Masters and the congregation at Victorious Life Christian Center, you're invited to join us here next week for another edition of the Destined to Win podcast.